Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. This week's featured cookbook is... Malibu Farm Sunrise to Sunset by Helena Henderson. Hi, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How are you, sir? Happy happy Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever called me sir. I guess you have, probably. I call you son all the time. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> How are you? It would be creepy if I called you daddy. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't ever do that, please. <laughs> Instant boner killer. It totally would be. <laughs> Um, I'm good, by the way. All right. <laughs> How are you? We, we've had quite the weekend. We have. It's been super fun. Yeah. We we went on a little uh, day date yesterday, and mm-hmm. there was some uh, local uh, makers market kind of things at some different breweries. And, and there's a ton of those coming up too, yeah. which I'm really excited to go to. We want to get people want to get your uh, holiday spending dollars, right? And you can you can shop local. There so you go. Win win. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, yes, what a great segue. Because if you went to our website, which is wecookbooks.com, oh, that is a good segue. On the store tab, you'd get to our amazon.com affiliate page, which is not local. But if you make a purchase there, (laughs) stick with me on this. Uh, We'll get a little something in return. It doesn't cost you anything more. And uh, you can uh, support what we're doing here at Tasty Pages headquarters. Deep in the heart of Minneapolis. From an undisclosed location. High atop a historic building. Okay, you can stop. (laughs) (laughs) We we had quite the uh, cooking adventure day today so far. Yeah, we did. Well, we're, we're kind of wrapping up a few books, and then we had like some works in progress, and then like nothing was nothing was uh, the wind was not blowing in our favor today. It wasn't. Man, you made some cookies. Well, you I made, made some, you made some granola. I made <laughs> I made these breakfast cookies, but I made them I made them yesterday. Didn't have time to bake them. And it's something that I've made like. Cookies for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. It's something that I've made multiple times. They always turn out. Blah, blah, blah. And I left them overnight and they just, I left the, the batter, if you will, the dough, but it's not really doughy. Yeah. Um, Cause it's basically like, um, kind of granola and cookie form yeah but anyway those didn't turn out they completely freaking fell apart when i baked them this morning thus my granola reference Mm. and now instead of breakfast cookies we're having some breakfast granola right crumble it up into a bowl and i I mean it's already crumbled there you go yeah and then uh, i had a little matzo ball mishap (laughs) oh that's 
That's actually a, a good segue into what we're having for dinner tonight. We are having matzo ball soup. Chicken noodle matzo ball. Chicken noodle matzo ball soup from uh, Cravings Altogether by yeah. Chrissy Teigen. And you saved the day. You, I, you, you did the second attempt at, at matzo balls. <laughs> we had to, I had to make an emergency run to the store. Get and more then, matzo, uh, matzo meal. And then I also bought the wrong bread for a dish that we made for brunch this morning. And it, it just... When fell we, apart yeah. it literally like <laughs> fell apart in the, half the recipe instructed us to to hollow it out because we were going to put a bunch of filling in it it was kind of like a quiche lorraine baguette you'll you'll see it in a future uh post and uh i got the wrong bread for the job he got like a a ciabatta baguette and it was it was it, it was too airy it was too airy yeah. It, yeah it just didn't work so we had to get a nice dense baguette yeah. But it worked out great. Mm-hmm. Save the day. So I, I guess I guess we just had some missteps, but in the end, it all worked out. I hope this matzo ball soup works out. I'm confident I'm, it will. I'm sure it will. So yeah. It will be delicious. It's one of those those things where you make your own broth by simmering like a whole chicken. Um, it's going to be packed, packed with flavor. Yep. So I've, and the, the matzo balls will be, they'll be great. I just, I, I, I just faith. know it. I have faith, <laughs> faith in your matzo-making ability. Uh, yeah, which leads us into, we just finished up um, That Sounds So Good by Carla Lolly Music, and that's going to be the next featured book over at uh, our Cooking the Books Instagram feed. And then we're finishing tonight with that matzo ball soup, mm-hmm. the Chrissy Teigen book, Cravings mm-hmm. All Together, which is her third in that series of, of Cravings books, and yep. the first one that we featured um, and we don't have another cookbook picked out yet. Yeah. So we've got no shortage of them. That's no, for sure. Big no. old stack of them. Yep. Looking um, at them right now. Yeah. With more on the way. Let's talk about what we're drinking. Yeah. What, you, you're the bartender. Okay. There's, so uh, there's no uh, rotten mint in it. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too much to give you rotten food. I, I wish I could say the same. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we have, we are drinking two different things. Johnny is drinking, it's vodka, a little bit of sparkling wine, and then this, uh, sparkling cranberry, uh, beverage from Trader Joe's. And then there are some, uh, pomegranate. Oh, I'm, I'm saying cranberry. It's pomegranate. My bad. Um, oh, the then, juice. Yeah. yeah. And then, or like and, a little spritzer. Thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. a sparkling pomegranate. And then there are pomegranate seeds. And what I'm drinking, yesterday while we were at um, one of the breweries, I had a hard kombucha that was fire. It was so good. Um, You're all about the kombucha. I'm, I'm kind of coming around, but it's not my favorite. We'll Especially see, on its own. But if you like, you like sour beers, yes. Yes, and the one, and I had a sip of yours, and it was actually good. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm, I'm coming around to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm drinking is vodka with um, some grape flavored kombucha. I made my it, own goddamn I hard know. kombucha. I wouldn't have been mad if you had served me that either. You, well, you, I, st- I still have plenty but, of kombucha. But look left. at you! You're so sweet, making making individual drinks for us. Mm-hmm. That's very nice of you. I'm I'm a good wife. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, I wanted to just mention real briefly for anyone who's into like food documentaries and whatnot that uh, Taste the Nation, which is the series hosted by Padma Lakshmi on Hulu, 
has a holiday edition consisting of four episodes that just went live mm-hmm. at the time of this recording. And so we just powered through them. Us losers watched yep. them all in I one mean, night. It was, it was a good binge watch. Yeah. Each one's probably like 45 minutes or so. But but uh, really interesting topics mm-hmm. for those. So, uh, And that kind of leads us into our uh, our show topic. Uh, what are you making for Thanksgiving? And I felt a little weird about asking this because A, I know. Uh, it kind of limits people to that listen just in the United States because we're the only ones that celebrate this this holiday. Well, and Canada too, but yeah. they celebrate theirs at a different time. Yeah, and then it's got such a bad history that I think people are you know more and more coming around to to realize. And and there's actually, you know, rather than celebrating Thanksgiving, people will celebrate what they call like day of mourning and yeah. and, and uh, Indigenous peoples. Right, day. right. And, and and but it just really draws attention to um like how much history is kind of like quote unquote like whitewashed. Yeah. What actually happened. It's just so funny and, the bullshit that like you're fed all through high school. I mean, I feel like history is that way. Anyway, yes, you know it always paints the white white colonizers and in, in a great light, and you this know this is definitely one of the most egregious examples of <laughs> rewriting history right? to suit a, a particular narrative. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> uh, but at any rate, I figured I would throw it out because I th- I think what I think we I can speak for both of us when I say like for Thanksgiving, um. For a long time, we didn't really even celebrate it with anyone else because Mm-mm. we worked in retail, and so that was like a busy time for us, and then Black Friday being the following day, um, so we weren't really traveling and spending time with with family and friends and stuff. Now that we're kind of removed from that, we do gather uh, with family and friends, and I try and just think of this day more in those terms of just like an opportunity to kind of get together with the people that we love and just share a meal and have really good food yeah and and hang out well and like you know we would do like a friendsgiving with our people with our friends like back in our old neighborhood in chicago coincidentally we are actually going to go back there Next weekend. I know it's going to be weird to going back the first time as like visitors i know not residents I'm pretty excited. I know. It sounds like it's going to be an epic celebration, too. Yes. Well, and after two years of, like, not having any kind of celebrations. Oh, yeah. We got we got our booster shots, too, yeah. by the way. Yeah. We both got sick as hell. Yep. But it's it well worth it. It only lasted about 12 hours yep. for each of us. I'll take it. <laughs> and uh, I, I know some friends in larger metropolitan areas like San Francisco and whatnot are, are struggling to get appointments so uh hang in there yeah uh, thing uh, things are much easier in minneapolis as we're finding out than when we lived in chicago mm-hmm. because i imagine in chicago we would have like had to schedule an appointment like several months in advance and probably have to like travel a great distance to get you know whatever available appointment there was and this one couldn't have been easier we right went, went right down the street to our little local grocery store pharmacy so I sound like I'm gloating. I'm not I'm, trying to I'm, gloat. I'm, I'm just very I feel relieved. very thankful. Yes. I feel very, very thankful to have it. Yep. Um, I totally just 
went on a tangent. <laughs> it was kind of a tangent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got a real tight uh, narrative to stick to on this I, podcast. I you know, we run a, run a real professional operation <laughs> here. Whoopsies. Uh, so you want to talk about uh, what our listener answers? Yeah. And actually, some of these sound super freaking great. Yeah. Um, okay. So Shelly Culver, zero one. Uh, she said, we're having a potluck pie Friendsgiving and everything is a pie, sweet to savory pies. And it's our first run. So I'm curious to who's going to show up. Well, uh, we didn't get our invitation right? to that, Miss <laughs> Culver. So <laughs> that's a great idea, though. It's a I fantastic idea. I love I, it. I might steal that. Right. I, I think a, a dinner party where, or like a dinner party potluck where you just called it like you could have it on March 14th and call it like pie, pie dinner party day. There or you something. go. Yeah. See, the wheels are spinning already <laughs> um, at my love and spoons full. This is great. She's got a whole list here. So cornucopia smoked salmon pastry puffs, pumpkin cheesecake, turkey egg rolls. I don't know how I feel about that. I think um, it. I think it. It would be tolerable. In, oh, I'm sure it'd be great. I'm sure yeah. it'd be great. Uh, cornucopia, Chex Mix. Uh, did you, did and, you, <laughs> cornucopia. Yeah, I know. I pronounced that really weird, didn't I? That's <laughs> like saying jubilee. Gee, Johnny mispronouncing something, pronouncing it strangely. What a surprise! How unusual! You're uh, so cute. But these have bugles in it, and that's where the oh. cornucopia comes from. <laughs> Bugle, bugles, Chex Mix. And then uh, there's a sourdough pumpkin-shaped loaf, uh, turkey sourdough discard crackers. You know what that is? Sourdough discard? I do because I have it right in front of me. Yeah. It's uh, The sourdough discard is the sourdough starter you have left over after you have done the feeding. Yeah. After you're done feeding. So it's like, That's a great way to use it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's all kinds of recipes for like sourdough discard. As I found online. Uh, oh, uh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, for for what to do with it. Uh, turkey and barley soup. And then she said other traditional items as well. So that sounds lovely. Okay, I want an invitation I, to that. <laughs> Thanksgiving, please. That's a feast. I love that she has it all planned out already, I too. I know. Um, at Give Me Meatloaf said spatchcock smoked turkey. And I'm not surprised. Yep. That'll be a good one. And then our friend Kate Wood said a pumpkin pie. Classic. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, what'd you have? Okay, so we are going over to your brother's, and this is the first year that... Uh, we're we, just visiting. We are just visiting. Like, we're not staying... Because usually when we come down for Thanksgiving for them, we stay with them. Yeah, we were in Chicago. We'd travel down, stay with them, and then, you know, assist with the meal prep and... You know, so it's a pretty full day. Like yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Do, we do a lot of the prep, you know, a good amount of the cooking. I'm always on gravy so, duty, which <laughs> I'm fully prepared to take over again this yep. year. And then we do all the dishes. <laughs> so this is like the very first uh, Thanksgiving that we'll be spending with them where we're just guests, just yep. simple guests driving over from our house. Yep. Leaving at the end of the night before people start getting drunk and saying stupid stuff yeah no one in that, no one in that family is getting drunk and saying stupid no, stuff that's me 
<laughs> you're uh, the bad apple. So, so t- tell us what you're making. Uh, so I am making stuffing biscuits. It basically, it's a buttermilk biscuit that has like um, kind of stuffing flavors like sage, thyme, scallions, and some fennel. I'm looking forward to it. And what are you bringing? I am still kind of finalizing the ingredients, but it's going to be like a, a Minnesota is kind of known for wild rice. So I'm going to do this wild rice side dish that's going to have probably have like some dried cranberry, probably some kind of like almonds. And then I was thinking including like either like some roasted squash or some Brussels sprouts or something, but like some, some kind of, uh, autumn vegetable component maybe, oh, see, you, I think maybe you, sh- you can help me out with that i think you should do like some kind of sausage in there too okay venison yeah, hey I, don't know. Know. I don't know i'll tell people it's chicken where do we find venison no. sausage i mean my nieces would love it if i put hot dogs in there or something mm, uh, yeah we're not doing that <laughs> but yeah so that's chicken tenders that's, or or cheeseburger yeah so that's that's what i'm bringing i'm that's what i'm making and and I'm 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 gonna enjoy it. And I'm super excited because I you know we're kind of we're both like ugh turkey you know like don't love it. Yeah. But everything is always improved by smoking it. Yes. And so his brother Chris uh, uh, got a new smoker, so he's uh, you know he's, he's excited to try it he's out. He's excited to try it out. So he is going to smoke that damn turkey, and I'm. So on board with it. Yep. Can't wait. Yum. So that's 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 ours. I, ho- I hope uh, whether you celebrate or not, maybe you take the time to reflect and have some good food, share it with friends and family. If not, maybe check out that Hulu thing. There you go. Oh, or um, Made on Netflix. That was a good one. We just finished watching that series. Highly recommended. Not food related at all. No. Although I guess it does deal a little bit with like issues like food insecurity and stuff yeah but not really food related at all largely it's kind of a bummer and very frustrating and so well acted though yeah and and well written i'd I'd recommend it Mm -hmm. maybe not on thanksgiving especially if you're like (laughs) alone with depression or something anyway this this episode is becoming very strange. We're, we're a real hoot right now. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive into this book. This will be our ray of sunshine for the episode. Literally. Yes. Um, what can I say? Conceptually, this book is stunning. Um, it, go, it, it goes through the progress of the day. And um, it's photographed that way using the light. It goes from like sunrise... All the way to sunset. Just as the name implies. Um, Using healthy local ingredients. It's kind of like, you know, farm to table. Uh uh, And it's got a simple like Swedish sensibility to it because the owner and author is from uh, Sweden originally. Um, We enjoyed this book immensely. Um, And I guess without further ado, should we dive into it? Yeah. Um, I'll do a bullet list of what we made. Uh, we did open face salad omelet, pocaviche, uh, grilled salmon with a miso tahini sauce, frozen rosé cocktail, Swedish style chicken meatballs, and that, that was, was it. it. Yeah, uh, that was enough. Um, let's talk this open face salad omelet. 
So this was kind of an interesting because it's basically like a breakfast salad. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I guess you could enjoy this any time of day. Well, and what I really loved was that um, the omelet is very thin. Like the recipe makes two omelets and you do it in, in like a six inch uh, nonstick pan. And so the omelet is kind of crepe-like. I was going to say. Crepe. Not Crick. quite, but almost. Yeah, it was. It had like the thin edges, um, and, and then, the ingredients are kind of inspired by the flavors of a prosciutto pizza or flatbread. Mm-hmm. So it gets a little bit of cheese on top, and then uh, it just gets topped with this lovely salad. That's uh, it had. It was called seriously citrus, and it, it had, was not wrong. It had cherry tomato. Well, the the dressing was seriously yeah, citrus. Yeah, yeah. The salad had. Um, it was really simple. It had like grape tomatoes mm-hmm. and arugula and then the dressing. Yeah. And then you add a little bit of prosciutto in there. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Simple, stunning, gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, that seriously citrus. What I liked about it was that it's a mix of like these citrus juices and you're given options to where you can use lime, lemon, orange, grapefruit, or all of them or some of them. And then you mix that with some olive oil, but the juice to olive oil ratio is definitely, you know, more uh, tilted toward the juice by far, which is always a thing for me. I always like the, um, the acidic component to be the star of the dressing. Like I, I've, I do not subscribe to the one to three ratio. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. Yeah. Like our, our preferences just run more toward the, uh, you know, the typical like vinegar uh, flavor profile rather than the, the olive oil. And, yeah. and, the, and I don't like dressings that tend to be like really heavy on the olive oil and stuff. So this was right up our alley. This is great. Great way to start the book. Uh, let's talk Pocaviche. <laughs> Okay, so this one actually really wasn't our favorite. This was the misstep of all the ones that we tried. Well, here's the thing. I got a little batty about it because you we got really good fish. It um, was okay. I didn't think it was great. No, you did, did we get it from coastal? We got we got it from Yeah, so so we got this. It was it was the book calls for like sushi grade tuna. I don't know if like they actually sell, you know, something under the banner of sushi grade, but. Um, oh, that's right. Because they sell it at United Noodles, but they it's do. only on a, f- a particular day. They only day. do it on a p- particular right. day. So I went to our local fishmonger, which is generally pretty solid and, and, and known for like their fresh, you know, good quality seafood. I was given, I told them what I was making and that and what purpose it was being used for and that I needed it for like a, you know, like a poke bowl and that it was going to be eaten raw. And they gave me this, this piece of, of tuna and it was, it, it was, it had some bloodline in it. It, we needed to do a little bit of trimming and stuff to make it usable. Yeah. And I just, I don't think it was like the ideal piece of fish to well, use Well, I think for some dish. of that bloodline made it into into the actual dish. It's too, quite possible. Which grossed me out. Yeah. Like, and I mean, the, super grossed me out. The challenge we face is we're in Minneapolis and not in Hawaii where this dish was originated and where it is served at, at one of their restaurants. And so... Um, but the thing about it is, like, I was really gung-ho for it because... Um, 
in the past couple months, we've had Sam and Ceviche a couple of times. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I think just like, yeah. It's all about the ingredients. And this was just, you know, probably no fault of the recipe because I'm sure if you had access oh, yeah, yeah. to like great ingredients, um, it would have been a home run. But uh, yeah, live and learn. Um, it was uh, the photo in the book shows it being served inside like half of a coconut shell. Mm-hmm. That wasn't happening. No. We weren't going to like chop coconuts. But we did. I mean, like when we photographed it and stuff, we kept it in a bowl and then set that bowl in ice. So it stayed cold the entire time. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, because who wants to eat warm poke? Yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Moving on. Um, from from our least favorite to probably our most favorite. Oh my god, uh, grilled salmon with miso tahini sauce. I still have dreams about this. Oh, so freaking good. Um, and it was served with shishito peppers. It was uh, it 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 calls for grilling the salmon, but we didn't do that. I just pan seared it. We left the skin on. Crispy skin. Crispy skin. Um, this dish was swear inducing. Oh, it was so. We were good. both sitting there like cussing, like like truckers. The the tahini sauce uh, was like miso, tahini, rice wine vinegar, agave, garlic, a little bit of sesame oil, and some ginger. Um, did I say that this was also uh, garnished with some pickled ginger as well? No, but yeah. Uh, so uh, there was some pickled ginger on there as garnish and damn it was absolutely my favorite and the I fact make that this again i know the fact that i went from like not like hating salmon for years and like i've tried i tried and i tried and i tried and finally i just gave up the ghost and i was like i'm not eating it anymore yeah and then i think we and got then look, look what happened yeah i think we got uh, sent some salmon. We did, and I was like, "Okay." My friends I'll, had no seafood. Yes, and I was like, um, "Okay, so I will try it." And we made a cornmeal crusted salmon, and yeah. I ended up loving it. And I mean, this is a great lesson too. In um, when we were making this dish and shopping for it, our initial thought was to go to our our local fishmonger it was you know and and i went there and on the particular day i went i just wasn't too jazzed about the offerings and then i went to a certain you can say it whole foods (laughs) i wanted to be mysterious no call it out you went to whole foods and it looked shitty it would look even worse um and then i remembered that we were at our local chain grocery store earlier and they actually had some really gorgeous looking salmon. I and can't it was speak on sale. to the, like the sustainability of it or no, the they, origin they, of it or anything they had like that. A tag, they had a tag in there okay. that said like this is sustainable oh. and it had a cute, like the, the maybe you didn't notice, the filet no, had I a didn't. QR code that oh. you could scan. Even better. So I, I my think, conscience is clear. Yeah. So I think I like tossed that out. Yeah. Before. But uh, it was on sale, as you mentioned. It was literally half the price of these other mm-hmm. offerings. 
and way better. It was gorgeous. I mean, it, was it was a gorgeous piece of fish. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, lesson learned. Don't don't judge a grocery store by its cover, right? Isn't, isn't that how the phrase, phrase goes? Sure, if you, if you say so. <laughs> uh, let's talk frozen rosé cocktail. Yum. Yeah. So this was basically a um, little bit of vodka, some rosé. Uh, it was a wine slushy. Yeah, uh, it had some agave nectar. We reduced the amount of agave nectar. Or and as I call it, aguave. Aguave. <laughs> This man. Another another one of my favorite mispronunciations. It's okay. I have my own too. Yeah. I I realized today that I am mispronouncing a angostura. Oh, the bitters. Yeah, I call it agnostura. Is there an ang in there? Ang. Yeah. Okay. I've I always mispronounce. That's okay. It. When we were younger and we're and we're like going to the local coffee shop and we'd get like uh Asiago bagels and I think we called them like Asagio or yes. something. Yes. <laughs> the people are probably like, what's we up with these we were ribs? So cool. And every time we left they were probably laughing I behind know. our back. And they were like, what dummies. Yeah. Um yeah. anyway. Uh oh, and there's a little bit of uh grapefruit and lemon juice. So you scaled back the amount of agave though. Yes. Because uh, it called for like half a cup. Yeah. That would have resulted in a very sweet cocktail. That would have given me a hangover. Yeah. Too much sugar. I'm not, I'm not a fan of sweet cocktails. No. Yeah. But anyway, it was delicious. And it was. I've, I've never had a frosé before. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's kind of a fun thing to... And did you mention like the little bit of vodka in it kind of prevents it from freezing? Yeah, because so we, like, we kept the leftovers in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And the vodka like kept it from turning into like a solid solid mass uh, popsicles and pl- and plus it yeah but that's Rose what those popsicles. are that's what those are called yeah um and plus it gives it gives it a a little kick too so ain't mad at that there you go and then lastly th- this was the most involved dish that we made and this mm-hmm. was kind of a, a feast it was uh, delicious swedish style chicken meatballs although i have to say can i just say I found it weird that this was in the after dinner section of the book. May well, considering the size that they were supposed to be, I guess it's kind of like a little like late night nosh kind of thing. Well, yeah, but I mean ours were not late night late night noshy. Well, if you are going to I mean, it's a lot of work. I mean, you have to make the gravy and yes. blah blah blah. So it doesn't, it's not something that I'm going to be whipping up at like 1030. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, I guess if you are keeping them in your freezer, you know, keeping some in the freezer on hand. So this recipe had a a discrepancy Mm -hmm. when we were, when we were making it. So it, it instructs you on the size of the meatballs, like what size they should be. But then it also gives you like an actual weight. And when I first weighed these out and measured them out um, as instructed to three and a half ounces, they were some chubby ass meatballs. <laughs> and they're only supposed they're like to be mama's meatballs. Yeah. And they're only supposed to be like an inch in diameter yes. um, as as you anyone who has been to Ikea or ever had a Swedish <laughs> meatball. Um, 
And I'm glad that it made that distinction because if I had just followed the recipe about the weight rather than, you know, it did mention that they should be no larger than like an inch in in diameter. Well, yeah, because you were like, look, this is how. This is three and a half ounces. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like my grandma Margaret never made Swedish meatballs that big. Yeah. So once again, you saved Christmas, but, uh, I mean, this ended up being great. It was a lot of work because we had to make a, a companion old school gravy as it's described in the book. Mm-hmm. And then there was a simple syrup cranberries, mm-hmm. which, uh, that was the gift that keeps on giving because we were making cocktails using those for, for a few weeks. We sure were. Um, and then we did some, uh, some potatoes. But yeah, just like easy boiled potatoes with a yeah. little bit of butter and we did not do the the goat cheese log as no. suggested. That would have been way too much food. Oh my God. That would have been gluttony. But yeah, these. But we did make like a little smorgasbord for two. They were delicious, and uh, and I should say that these were chicken meatballs. Um, uh, and she said that you the uh, Helena said that you can uh, use like pork, beef. Yeah. Chicken, whatever. I'm generally so. not a fan of ground chicken, but these were lovely. Yeah, I did. I didn't mind it at all. So, we followed the recipe. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, before we discuss our rankings for this book, let's move into most critical Amazon reviews. And you know what? There were no critical reviews. I believe everything it. was four stars and above. So, if you're considering this book. Buy with confidence. Right. Um, I, I went through and I, I looked at some of the reviews and, and even though these uh, reviewers gave them four out of five stars, there was a few critiques of the book, which I thought were valid. So I figured I'd share those and um, go from there. All right. Uh, let's start with Casey Turp. She gave it four out of five stars and, and she mentioned in, in her longer review, my only small criticism is that there's no weighted measurements for ingredients, which might have helped a little bit in case uh, in the case of some of the recipes. And I, I totally agree. And I mentioned that in my note, like mm. there are some baking recipes in here. And um, I think you mentioned in the uh, episode last week about how it's it's a kind of a pet peeve of yours as well. Yes. Where... Uh, not only should they be mentioning uh, the volume of the ingredients, but the weight too. Yeah. Because that will change. Well, yeah, your environment, the weather, humidity, like everything. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so there you go. And then there, one other one. Okay. So this is from Daily Waffle. It was a four out of five. Um, a few of the recipes seem to rely on the home cook having a certain base of knowledge. Uh, for example, with the zucchini bread. It doesn't recommend lining the loaf pan with parchment or an amount of time to let it cool. Um, it was such a giant loaf that I had lined the pan and let it sit for an hour after it came out of the oven. Uh, and then they went on to say, also, the only recipe I've had trouble with so far is the pizza dough. Uh, I only made half a batch and the amount of water was wildly off for me. Um, it was more of a variation than I would have expected for the fl- on the flour for the weather conditions. Yeah. So and we didn't make the pizza. I'd be mm-mm. curious to try that. See, every time you make every time you choose like a pizza recipe, I'm always like, "Why? Why?" <laughs> because we have like such a great reliable pizza I dough. Know. I know. I just, just want like, to see what else is out there. 
<laughs> you're 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 in a committed relationship with the Paul Kahan pizza dough. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, well. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, once you find something you like, you stay with it. Sure, that's, that's why we've been together for so long. It, it's I I don't disagree. <laughs> it's well said. <laughs> You want to talk about our rankings? Yes. Food photography and styling. Um, I gave it a five. The the okay the scenery plays a huge role in 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 the photography. Mm-hmm. Like there was one set up, and it kind of looked like a lunch picnic on the beach. But the way you're looking at it, you see the food, but then you're also getting like this full view of the beach and the pier. Um, right. And the, the namesake restaurant sits on a at the end of a pier in Malibu, California. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of foliage and or water mm-hmm. in the background. Um, there is also shots from the farm. Uh, and one thing that's really great about it is the use of shadows is consistent with the time of the day. Mm-hmm. in in the chapter of the book. So here's my question. Do you think it was all the food photos were taking advantage of the natural light of the day? Because some of them looked no, like they could not, have been done in a studio. I, I think like the like a lot of the macro shots mm-hmm. maybe were not okay done that's what i was wondering yeah but i mean if it were if if they were like more of a tableau Mm -hmm. then yes it was like done with natural light okay anything else um i also feel like uh the food photos themselves oh oh and aaron kunkel did the food photography um great instagram page worth checking out like the macro shots, everything was beautiful because this book relies on like really fresh ingredients. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it, it leans highly vegetable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it leans highly vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to stop talking anyway. <laughs> It's going to be a pretty pretty boring podcast then. <laughs> I gave it a five. <laughs> I gave it a five as well. Okay. Uh, and, and I mentioned, you know, I thought maybe it used all natural light throughout the photos. There might be some that were shot in a studio setting. Um, but the, the light, the natural light that it does use um, progresses from dawn to dusk uh-huh. as the as the title of the book implies and so for this food photography like they also coordinated these food photos with you know what chapter the the recipe falls in there's only five recipe there was only five chapters uh-huh. in the book so um they take you throughout the you know the time of day and um the photos were were I, that's that took some some planning to you know yeah photograph these um at the appropriate time um great use of props lighting and shadows i'm a sucker for shadows Mm -hmm. there's lots of nice shadows in this um most recipes have a companion photo which Mm -hmm. is always appreciated and then i don't know if you noticed but the chapter titles have their own photograph and it's taken 
at an angle resembling the sun's position at that particular time of day. So the ones that were at uh, dawn and dusk are taken kind of like straight on. Um, and then the one that's taken at midday when the sun would be like directly overhead is looking down at the beach. And then the other ones are kind of taken at like more of an angle where they're, where they would be positioned. I didn't notice. That. Yeah. And no. I, and I, I had to check because I, I suspected that was the case. And then when I saw it, I was like, Oh, that's, that's it. So a lot of thought went into the mm-hmm. photography and styling of, of this book and how it would relate to, the book design and layout, which is our next category. What did you give it? I gave it a five. Okay. This is was definitely one of the best designed books that we've worked from. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it and appreciate it. Like once you start noticing all the the details, it's it's pretty remarkable. Um beginning with, you know, I'm a sucker for like the nice embossed lettering on the cover. Um there's, like we said, there's only five chapters and they're mm-hmm. r- arranged by time of day. The uh, If I'm using the book uh, publishing language, the gutter of the book features a colored ombre effect. That, the gutter is the part that is like in the binding area. Yeah, like the seam of the pages. Um, it progresses from light to dark to correspond with the time of day Mm -hmm. so it begins with these lighter colors and then by the time you get to those like late night after dinner drinks and and small bites it it's like these darker colors um really gorgeous flourish Mm -hmm. um there's really not a lot of extra material in the book there is at the end of the book a a two-page uh it's called like cooking rules section mm-hmm. that it kind of begins by saying like there's no rules in cooking. But then she offers like her kind of tongue in cheek, like her favorite manifesto yeah. regarding everything from lemon to which she claims there is no such thing as too much uh, garlic must be fresh and in the bulb. Any pre peeled stuff is is uh, garbage uh, to arugula. And she claims that arugula is life. And yes, it goes in everything and with everything. Hmm. So they're just like kind of nice, funny things like that. But but it's it's useful advice. Uh, the type and the uh, print is nice, large, bold, easy to read. Mm-hmm. Um, one note, though, is there's no like index of recipes. Yeah, there is. Well, at the back of the book. Yeah. Like like in every book, but I'm saying like at the very beginning of the book, the recipes are not mentioned, and even in the chapters, they're not mentioned. Oh, okay. So like if you're searching for a particular recipe, you definitely have to check the back of the book for an index, or if you're just browsing recipes, which I know a lot of people like to do, yeah, you really have to page through the book. Okay. To to okay. you know you can't just skim the front of the book and be like, oh, this sounds good, this sounds good, um. A lot of the recipes have these different like tips and notes that accompany them and they offer advice, maybe some alternatives or maybe some simple explanations of a term. And uh, I thought that was really useful. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, all in all, with with that one critique about, you know, the there's no list of recipes. Um, this this design and layout was phenomenal, I mm-hmm. thought. What say you? Okay, I gave it a five and pretty much yes to everything you said. Um, 
like as far as like the page formatting, um, you know, usually there's like the method, the ingredient list. And then, like you said, this had notes, tips, and sometimes it offered um, vegan options. I noticed that there wasn't really a standard format for where those went. It just depended on the recipe and the length. Right. Um, but it didn't feel chaotic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I agree with like all that other stuff you said. So I gave it a five as well. Yeah. Um, degree of difficulty. I gave it a two. The recipes are fairly simple, but they are really, really ingredient driven. Yes. So if you live in rural fucking Pensatucky or whatever. Is that a place? I, I doubt it. <laughs> um, it sounds like it should be. You're not going to, you know. You might have trouble sourcing some of this stuff. This is kind of specific to a region. Yes. And it is very, you know, and like it is probably kind of seasonal if you are not living on on the coast. Right. So, um, but yeah, I don't think any of anything that we made was difficult. I mean, the meatballs had the most steps. It was the most involved recipe. Yeah, but I, I didn't. But, but I it, didn't feel like, whew, I'm like wiped out after that. Right, right. Like, so right. yeah, what'd you give it? I give it a three. Okay. Um, most of the recipes contain less than ten ingredients, uh, but as you mentioned, they are very uh, seasonal and specific to a region. Um, so sourcing might be an issue. Um. As I mentioned earlier, I would appreciate if the baking recipes had weighted measurements in addition to the volume. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difficulty really depends on the recipe because the the Swedish meatballs had a lot of components, and um, as we discussed, but then others such as fresh mint tea couldn't be easier. I mean, that would be a one, yeah, because it was like three ingredients that you throw in a teapot, and that's it. Um, and then, of course, we mentioned the error with the Swedish meatball recipe. Mm-hmm. So um, that was my reason for a three. Okay. It's 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 not without its challenges, but I think it just really depends on each individual recipe. And then lastly, taste. I gave it a five. Outside of the poke viche. Yep. Which I think was, I think like that was more of a mental thing for me. I was just kind of like, ugh. Yeah. Like after I saw like the bloodline and. Yeah. And you make a good point because I gave this a four originally. I think I'm going to change that to a five. Okay. Because it was not the fault of the recipe. Yeah. By any means. Look, Um, I just, it's like winning an argument uh, on Facebook. Kind of. You've you've done that. that You've done that to me a couple times. Yeah. Because originally I was going to give it a four, but now that I think of it, it was no fault of the recipe. So it's not really fair to deduct because honestly, that salmon was so mind blowing that it's almost, uh, worth forgiving any other, you know, possible lackluster meals that we may have eaten from the book anyway, because like it was that good. Pretty much every, everything that we ate, you know, that we made afterwards, I was just like, well, hot damn, that was that was great. Yeah, like, and I mean, it should say something that this is going in our permanent collection of mm-hmm. cookbooks, which doesn't often happen these days. 
we're kind of limited in space and so a lot of things once we're done reviewing them we like you know give them away or something and and this one staying with us it is staying in our greedy little hands indeed all right all right so if you enjoyed the show please rank and review us uh you can follow us on on, on the socials at uh, at we underscore cook underscore books. That is our Instagram. And our Facebook page is at we cook books. All right. I got a, I got a Thanksgiving related joke for you. Okay. And it's also a farmer related joke. See, I put a lot of work into these okay, jokes. Okay. This is, this is like touches all the things we just talked about. Um, did you hear about that Turkey who got arrested? No. The police suspected it of foul play. <laughs> F-O-W-L. Yeah, right? I, I get it. It's not funny. <laughs> they also took a few of the eggs into custody. <laughs> right? I bonus, mean, bonus joke. But, but I made custard, that one up. No, you did not. Custody was on uh, was uh, something that but police it, chief it, Wiggum but said. It, but I, I worked it into the joke. He was like, "Let's take it in. Let's take him into custody." Yar yar. But, but the eggs. Sure. Turkey eggs. You ever had turkey eggs? <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody ever had turkey eggs? I, I don't know why. <laughs> they might be delicious. Right? Let's make turkey eggs a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let someone else make them and report back. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Have a great week. Wear a mask. Stay hungry. Bye.